Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Martha McSally is the United States Senator from the great state of Arizona and Colonel in the United States Air Force, now retired. Her brand new memoir is titled Dare to Fly, Simple Lessons in Never Giving Up. Senator, thanks so much for being here. Hey, how are you, Michael? Thanks for having me on. In my high school football program, it says that I was 5'10", but I lied. I was 5'9", still am. If I put on gravity boots, can I get from 5'9 to 5'10", and why am I asking you? (laughs) Well, you're asking me because I was too short to fly. I had a dream to become a fighter pilot. I actually got that dream once I attended the Air Force Academy, and I found out that just because I was a girl, they wouldn't let me fly fighters, and it just pissed me off, so... 
but then I had another obstacle, and I was a little bit too short. You got to be five four. I was a little bit shorter than that. My sitting height was okay. So in my uh, quest in order to uh, uh, be able to fly, I hung upside down in the uh, hallway in my dorm area at the Air Force Academy. I helped a little. It helped a little bit. And you get measured in the morning, by the way, uh, but it wasn't quite enough. I still had to uh, get an exception to policy after a couple-year uh, struggle with the bureaucracy. I, I, I fit in the cockpits. I could function, but the bureaucrats kept saying no, but we eventually prevailed. <laughs> hey, turn uh, to page 123 of the book if you have a copy in front of you, and I hope that you do. I, I do. I, You're okay, making me a little I, nervous like I'm back in school, you know? Good. Okay, 123. Got it. So I was going to read this paragraph, but I would rather have you do it because it's it's such a critical part of your story. It begins, I was a 28-year-old captain. Do you mind reading that? Sure. I was a 28-year-old captain and a newly minted A-10 pilot when my squadron was ordered to Kuwait. Iraq's dictator Saddam Hussein was threatening to shatter the tenuous peace established after Desert Storm. Our mission was to fly A-10 combat patrols in southern Iraq to support the no-fly zone. I remember looking down at the big sand berm that separated Iraq's territory from Kuwait's during my first flight. As we crossed, my flight lead directed me to fence in, the signal to prepare to enter enemy territory. I was a little nervous, but just like when I took off in the A-10 for the first time, I fenced in. Yes, I did it afraid. When I fenced out and crossed back into Kuwait, I was glad to have that rookie mission behind me. I didn't know it at the time, but according to the Pentagon, on that day, I became the first U.S. woman to fly a fighter jet in combat. So how did you learn that? How how did they share that information with you? Um, It was much later. Uh, You know, they're, I don't know, they keep stats on different things. I was focused on flying my jet and, uh, you know, ensuring that I was becoming the best A-10 pilot I could be. Uh, I was in the very first group. Now, when they Changed the law Uh, while I was in pilot training. I tried to pick a fighter, but they wouldn't let me because they changed the policy. I earned one, but they wouldn't allow me to pick one. And then a few years later, I picked a job as an instructor pilot. I just kept excelling and building my flying skills. And I got a phone call from the Pentagon. I share this in the book uh, that they were uh, allowing, going to open up fighters to women. They had identified seven of us who earned a fighter. And the last check on us, was to see if we still wanted to do it. And I was like, heck yes, of course I do. So I was in that first group selected to train, and I ended up being the first to deploy, and then later the first to actually command a fighter squadron in combat in Afghanistan. Would you have been surprised to know when you took off for this particular mission, (laughs) hey, you're about to make history? Well, I wasn't focused on that, but, um, you know, being in that pioneering group, uh, and there were many pioneers before me, like the women World War II pilots who were just uh, amazing role models for me. I mean, we were on that cutting edge, breaking down that barrier. So I was very aware uh, that we were breaking through those barriers because when they opened the door, they had selected seven of us to go. Uh, But at the time, I was just trying to show that the airplane doesn't care if you're a boy or a girl. Uh, They just care if you fly well and you shoot straight. And, and, you know, being a, a part of the squadron and building my skills, Uh, You know, it's a little challenging transition, but when you're deployed, a lot of that falls aside because you fly with wingmen, our lives are in each other's hands, we've got to back each other up, and these are good metaphors for life I talk about in the book. We all need wingmen, especially right now, to be able to help us get through hard times and back us up and encourage us, and those are some of the things I also share in Dare to Fly. So the the theme of the whole book are the obstacles that you had to overcome in this very 
male-dominated environment. And as I read it, I wondered to myself, if I had a daughter today Mm. interested in a military career, would I allow her, would I promote, uh, encourage, would probably be the best word, her Mm. to take Mm. that path? I have to tell you, Senator, I doubt that I would. And the question I most... Well, the question, oh, how, how about this line? Quote, male yeah. cadets routinely place their female peers into three categories, bitches, dykes, or sluts. And I mean, you've been victimized so much and you overcame it. But the question is, has that whole culture changed? Well, Michael, I would encourage any young man or young woman who wants to put on the uniform and serve their country to step up and serve. Yes, I had some challenges. I was in the ninth class with women at the Air Force Academy. There were some challenges. There was some hostility. I mean, when we transitioned into fighters, we had the person in charge of the entire Air Force had just testified before Congress saying he'd rather pick a less qualified man over a more qualified woman. So leadership and culture starts at the top. We've come a long way since then. And still, it's individuals. We need to make sure each man, each woman, as they become a part of the military, that they take on the core values of integrity and service and excellence and respect for one another and I served with some extraordinary people, and it was the honor of my life to serve, and I would do it again. And I'm proud to have been able to break those barriers for others. And I would encourage any man or any woman, we need you to serve. So encourage your daughter to serve. Don't be discouraged. You should be encouraged by my stories. The the uh, the notion of it's a male environment, therefore women are going to stick together. Not exactly in your case, right? I mean, sometimes women were more difficult than the men. Yeah, I think, you know, the sociologists can study this, but in my own experience, um, it was very difficult and um, a lot of ways for survival. It was a, okay, I'm going to be one of the guys, and if I didn't like the way the other woman behaved, then she was making me look bad. And so we ended up not working together. And again, it wasn't necessarily a conscious thing. Um, I, I really think it is helpful for people to have wingmen and wingwomen, and I learned that. When I uh, was in my A-10 squadron uh, and another female A-10 pilot showed up in my squadron and actually Mimi Svoboda was her name. And 23 years ago tonight, she died in an A-10 crash on the Barry Goldwater Range here in Arizona. And I was just north of her and she was on the southern mission. I was on the North Tech mission when when uh, she crashed and we weren't sure if she ejected and we didn't know until the next morning that she didn't survive. But when she first came into my squadron, I was a little concerned. Was she going to measure up? You know, was she going to be, uh, you know, carry herself well and professionally? It's just silly. But when you're in survival mode, this, it tends to, to be what happens. But she was such a breath of fresh air. Uh, she showed that the environment had changed and the squadron treated her with respect and dignity. And I, I hopefully laid the groundwork for that. And and she and I could work together in the banter and, you know, and the back and forth that happens in fighter squadrons. And uh, it was great to have a wing woman there with me. And it obviously was so devastating when we lost her and her families and my prayers today. I talked to them this weekend. Geez, I, I didn't real. I, of course, read all about it in the book. I didn't realize that the anniversary was actually today. I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Help me, Senator, understand the difference. You know where I'm going with this between forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm. Well, Michael, this is a a very long story. It's hard to, to answer in just 30 seconds. But as someone, look, I lost my dad when I was 12. Uh, and then I was preyed upon and trusting uh, my track coach, who was over twice my age in a position of authority, took away my innocence. And later on in the military, I experienced sexual harassment and sexual assault. And so for me in my journey, and everyone has their own journey, and look, there's so many women and men out there who have been through sexual abuse and sexual assault, and we each deal with it differently. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, if you've been through this 50 years ago or you went through it last night, there's hope for you. And the one reason I shared my journey is to provide a light out of the darkness, that you can thrive through the darkness. And in my own journey, I've had 
I days of in the fetal position and despair. And this was a really dark experience as I went through. But what I found was I had to come to a place of peace and I had to come to a place of forgiveness. I use the quote, bitterness is the pill you swallow, hoping the other person dies. And I'll tell you, your perpetrator, those who are listening, your assailant, your abuser, they already robbed you of enough. Don't let them rob you of your future. Don't let them rob you of the gift of today. You've got to find your own path to peace. And for me, it didn't happen easily, and it didn't happen until many years later. I had to, in my heart and in my spirit and by the grace of God, come to a place of forgiveness. That's not the same as reconciliation. That's not the same as going back and somehow, you know, befriending your abuser. It's just releasing the anger and the venom in your soul and your heart over what you went through and giving that over to God and, and providing that forgiveness, you know, just like we are forgiven in our own lives, certainly not for things that grave, but it's the same principle that brought freedom for me uh, to be able to heal and have that peace. And I'd encourage anyone to take that path, your own path, your own individual path who's listening right now. You've been victimized a number of times that you write about in the book. I, I, pardon me for asking, but it was unclear to me as a reader of your memoir. What happened to your rapist? Meaning, is he still alive? And do you know where he is? Uh, I don't keep tabs on him. So, Michael, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, so I, I can only share that for many of us who have been through this. I know for those who haven't, it's easy for you to say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? It's these are very complex, deep and challenging crimes to experience. And I took my path where I was just trying to survive after this happened to me. I was just trying to get to a place also then that I could help our military and our Air Force understand that people like me have gone through this. And what can I now do as a leader to be able to help the system and protect others? And and that's the path I took. My plane landed in the middle of the night. The women were handed black, how do you pronounce it, abayas? Abaya, yep. Black abayas and headscarves and told to sit in the back seat of the car. I took a deep breath and put on my abaya. I was the highest ranking person in my suburban and the only woman. I sat in the back seat. Where is that scene? That scene is in Saudi Arabia, and it's in the middle of an eight-year battle that I have with the Pentagon, where they were making our servicewomen in Saudi Arabia be treated as if they were a local Saudi woman in their 7th century norms. So they had to, we had to wear a taxpayer-funded, essentially a burqa with black full gown, head, black headscarf, your face was open, uh, be treated like second-class citizens. And this is while you're serving. And I, this didn't apply to me for the first five years that I was fighting this. But one of my lessons in the book is never walk by a problem. And I walked by a picture of a young enlisted female troop in Saudi Arabia wearing that abaya. And I just had this conviction that it was wrong. And I struggled with whether I should stand up and put my career on the line in order to fight for this. But I share a story of the story of Esther. Uh, in the Old Testament and the line, can it be that you were put in this position for such a time as this? And so I never would have imagined it would be an eight-year battle. It culminated in me suing Donald Rumsfeld, McSally versus Rumsfeld, and then on a one-woman lobbying campaign, getting legislation signed into law to overturn this. I was back in Saudi Arabia last year. I drove a car with jeans on. It was very uh, cathartic for me uh, many decades later. 
And it's a perfect case of bureaucratic policy creep in the military. It was the military doing it to itself, but they thought it was somebody else, and it was just classic case. And so I share that example in order to encourage the reader. You may not have to sue the Secretary of Defense, but we should all have the mantra, don't walk by a problem. If you see something's wrong, stop and do something about it. Do your part to fix it. This just took eight years, a lot of effort in putting my career on the line, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. The very people who are helping free Afghan women from wearing the burqa are actually forced to wear a burqa by our own military. You couldn't make this stuff up, writes Senator McSally. Exactly. Now, that was I was in Saudi Arabia on 9-11 and I was in the middle of this fight and I complied with this policy. Uh, and then we are ramping up to go free the Afghans from the oppression of the Taliban to include so many people talking about freeing women from the burqa while we were being forced to wear burqas. And I remember sitting around the operations center watching, I think it was Laura Bush on television talking about this. And I'm like, does anybody see the ridiculousness of this? And that was in the middle of my fight. I still hadn't succeeded. But I think the American people were certainly behind me as I, I filed the lawsuit a few weeks later before I left. I'm not giving it all away for free, but you can leave only after you tell the MacGyver story. How did you come up with the Velcro? Well, the MacGyver story in Dare to Fly is, you know, they, we transitioned us into fighters, but nobody thought about, we're going to be on these long missions. My longest mission was 11 and a half hours across the Atlantic Ocean. You're in the jet for like another hour or more on before and after. My longest combat mission was 9.3 hours. Nobody thought about how are the women going to pee. We're in a single seat cockpit. You've got all your gear on. And everyone just looked at me and I'm like, what? This isn't kindergarten. Like, this is not talking about PP. Like, we've got to figure this out. It's a safety issue. And so I tried, I'm no kidding, looked around my garage. I'm like, what else can I, what can I do to make this work? And so it was my MacGyver moment. And so I figured out that, uh, we could Velcro the inseam of my flight suit and use a funnel that civilian pilots use. It was a little complicated. I had to try it out a lot. Um, but my first time, I, I tried the whole system out in Iraq. Um, the sergeant in charge of Intel got up and said, our objectives today are to deter Saddam Hussein, uh, uh, you know, a couple other objectives, and then Captain McSally is going to take a piss over Iraq today. <laughs> so, mission accomplished. <laughs> My my favorite line in the book, I was going to say it after you left. I'm glad you said it oh, while sorry. you were still here. Right. No, 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 no. It's it's too good. I, I wouldn't have done it justice. Uh, Senator, thanks for being here. I wish you the best of luck with the uh, hey. with the memoir. Thanks, Michael. You know, one thing real quick. I've had some unique experiences, but the issues of fear, of adversity, of of pain, of, of grief, of you know, solving a problem. This is something we can all relate to right now and especially now. So my encouragement is that I want to be a wingman to the reader. They can go to daretofly.us. They can get the book, but they can also share an inspiring story with me. And just since yesterday, I've heard so many inspiring stories. So I'd encourage your listeners to go to daretofly.us. Be inspired, I hope, and pray, and share your inspiring stories with me. I, I, but listen, I have to say this, and then I promise I'll let you go. I know you're on a timeline, but th- there are like a lot of guys who have just just been bad actors in your orbit. I mean, I, I could I could rattle off four examples in the top of my mind, and it's just distressing. That's really what you had to overcome more than anything else. Well, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I can just say that this... I'm thinking this, of the track you know, coach, I'm thinking of the rapist, I'm thinking of the upperclassmen, yeah. I mean, all these guys. Yeah. Oh, got it, in my book, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, we've had a... And I, this is not unique to me. There are so many women and many men 
who have been through sexual abuse and sexual assault. It's happening in plain sight. People listening to you right now, some people take it to their grave. Some people it happened to yesterday. So I'm telling my story to encourage those who are listening and reading to find healing, to find hope. And we all together need to work to change this culture of abuse. Thank you, Senator. All right. God bless you. Take care, Michael. That's Martha McSally, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Dare to Fly, Simple Lessons in Never Giving Up. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.